Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Philippians by looking at Philippians chapter 2, verses 17 through 30. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served me in the gospel." I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. In the Old Testament, we read about a variety of offerings and sacrifices that the children of Israel were to make to God. We're often aware of the significance and the practice of offering burnt offerings. But here in Philippians, Paul makes reference to a drink offering. And if we go to Numbers chapter 15, we see how drink offerings were used in conjunction with burnt offerings to complete the sacrifice and make it a pleasing aroma to the Lord. These drink offerings would typically be wine that would be poured out on the burnt offering. It would be offered at a time that a vow was being completed, or along with a free will offering. We also read that it was offered with a peace offering. These drink offerings in the ancient world were often associated with dedication, devoting the sacrifice, and by extension oneself, for a particular purpose. The pouring out symbolized an emptiness and giving oneself up totally to the moment. Paul has used this language of Jesus already earlier in chapter 2 when he said that Jesus himself emptied himself and took the form of a servant. So Paul is comparing his situation to that of Jesus. He has emptied himself and allowed God to use him as his vessel for spreading the good news and doing his will. And he realizes that this may cost him his life. He may die as a result of his imprisonment and end up being executed by the Roman government. 
And he tells the Philippian church that he's happy to do it and that they should be happy for him. I'm not sure how many of us would rejoice if we were being persecuted and saw that it may end in our death. But Paul said he was glad and rejoiced because he knew he had emptied himself out and he wasn't living his life, but Jesus was because he had poured himself out as a drink offering on the sacrifice of the Philippians. Together, they were making the most of their sacrifice to God, and it was going up to him as a sweet aroma. When Paul alludes to a drink offering, he may be wanting us to see him as giving his life in all of the ways that drink offerings were used. He may see this as a natural completion of his vow to God, that he would live for him that he would give his whole life to God's service, even if that meant death. In that way, he would be following the example of Jesus. He may also see himself as being poured out as a free will offering, something that he did because he wanted to. He had chosen to be a disciple of Christ. But he may have also seen this pouring out as part of a peace offering, because he was at peace with God, because he knew he had a clear conscience and had wholly devoted himself to doing the work of the Lord. Earlier in chapter 2, Paul had said we should have the same attitude as Jesus, who was willing to empty himself. And now Paul lets us know that he himself has been willing to empty himself. In giving us these two examples, he has painted for us a picture of a life wholly devoted to God one that all his disciples are called to. And when we look at Paul's example specifically, we see some things that may be instructive to us about making sure we've emptied ourselves out, that we're not holding on to things that quench the Spirit in any way, that we've wholly opened ourselves to the leading of God. First of all, notice that Paul's emptying of himself was combined with sacrifice and service of faith. In verse 17, Paul talks about being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial offering of faith from the Philippian church. Other translations separate sacrificial and offering and translate it as sacrifice and service. But what Paul had done is poured himself in to a community of faith who had devoted themselves to sacrificing whatever was necessary to serve the Lord. They had done this in faith. They had trusted what God said so much that it was leading them to act in particular ways and empty themselves into this community that would together accomplish all that God wanted. We also see that as Paul was emptying himself into this community of faith, he was giving them hope. In verse 19, he said, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you. He had hope. He had an expectation that Jesus would allow him to send Timothy to the Philippian church. He would encourage them and news would come back to him that would encourage Paul as well. We should have hope that our communications in the body will provide encouragement. And remember, we've talked about that word hope in previous episodes. That's not just wishful thinking. That's an eager expectation that when we do and say the things that God wants us to do, and we've poured ourselves out into this community of faith, that that will provide encouragement to others. 
We can't just say whatever we want to say and have a wish that people will hear it the way we intend it. We have to be willing to say the things that Jesus said, have the attitude that Jesus had, so that when we communicate within our family of believers, that we provide encouragement. But we can also infer from Paul's words that to be able to give and receive encouragement, we need to have a genuine concern for one another. In the very next verse, verse 20, he said, For I have no one like him who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. He's talking about Timothy and how genuinely he cares about the Philippian church. Too often, we think that just because we're not intentionally mean to someone, that we are fulfilling God's desire for how we interact with others. But what Jesus is looking for is genuine concern, real concern. He wants that. And notice that in this letter to the Philippians, every time Paul mentions someone else, it's in reference to his connection with them, his fellowship with them, his partnership with them. These were not just acquaintances. These were people who were sharing life together and sharing their journey toward God with one another. Because they were on the same path, the same journey, they were co-workers and everything that needed to be done, they had all poured themselves into the sacrifice and service that their faith prompted them to. They had a genuine concern for each other. Also, as Paul poured himself out, it brought joy. He said in verse 25, I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. He was sending Epaphroditus to them so that Epaphroditus could experience the joy of being back with his family and friends so that he could put them at ease and they would know that he was still alive and well. He was bringing joy to the Philippian church because they had been anxious about the outcome of his illness. And Paul was bringing joy to himself because he knew he was providing something that was needed. But notice, Epaphroditus is a brother, a fellow worker, a fellow soldier, and a messenger, and a minister. God had provided someone for Paul that would meet his needs to help him endure the trials that he was in, and he was headed back to Philippi to help the church there do the same thing. God had provided this man, and he had followed God's will wholeheartedly. And so people were experiencing the love and the mercy of God through this man, Epaphroditus. We need to see from this story and from our own experience and our lives that God will always provide someone who can help us endure trials. We're not in this alone. That's the significance of being a part of a community of believers, a fellowship of faith, and pouring ourselves into it because there will always be those within that fellowship that can help us get through our trials. And Paul said that Epaphroditus had been a messenger and minister to his need. This joy had come to Paul, not because people had given him what he thought he deserved, but because Epaphroditus had given Paul what he needed. I think the same thing goes for us. Sometimes we're convinced that if we can just get what we want, we'll be happy. But a real joy, an abiding joy, will come when all of our needs are met. And those are most effectively met by God within a fellowship of faith. 
So as we look at what Paul says about himself and about the church in Philippi and about how they have partnered together and how they have sacrificed and Paul has been willing to pour himself out into that sacrifice to accomplish all that God wants in their circumstance, we learn a lesson that giving our life to Christ means that we are sacrificing ourselves for others. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.